It is so good to be with you this morning. My name is Pastor Nick Newman. I want to say welcome to you. If this is your first time, or maybe it's your first time in a long time, we consider it an honor that you would spend your Sunday morning with us. And in fact, uh, I'm not the only one who's happy you're here. Church, can you help me welcome every person here for the first time? Come on. The only thing we ask is that you do take that Connect card. Stop by the new here area. We'd love to get you connected. We're excited uh, for a number of reasons. Tori and I started this church four and a half years ago with the intention of creating a place that where church didn't have to be endured when it could be enjoyed because we know that if you don't enjoy it, you won't engage with it. And God's plan for your life is best accomplished when you're rooted in his house. That's uh, Psalm 92, 13. Those who are rooted in the house of the Lord flourish in the courts of our God. And we want that for your life. So we're glad you're here today. You picked a good weekend because we are kicking off a brand new series this morning called Mo Money. How many of you could use some more money in your life? The rest of y'all lying, right? Well, <laughs> that's a different week. That's a different week. I think all of us, to some degree, would say we could use some more money. In fact, I was talking to somebody the other day and asked them, hey, how much more money would you need in order to feel more blessed? And they said, just more than I got right now, right? Come on. <laughs> some of y'all are like, if the Lord adds a zero to my bank account, I am good. If we want to talk about uh, more, more money and in this, what I really, my heart for this series is not to be uh, a series where the church just says, hey, you should give more money. Because the truth is, we don't need your money. Like, God's the provider for this house, and when he sees fit, he'll provide every need that the house has. We're not concerned about that. The reason why we're talking about money is because I believe that God wants to increase your finances, every single person in here. But... He increases to the level in which we are currently prepared for him to increase. Because what scripture teaches us is if you're faithful with little, you'll be entrusted with much. So you're going to find that this series is kind of a lot about, it's a lot about preparation to get ready. Because if you and I can get ready, then when God looks down at the way we steward our finances currently, he goes, I see a person I can trust. I see a person who's capable of handling and managing resources. And because I know I can trust them, I will open the floodgates of heaven and bless them in ways they never thought were possible. So that's God's plan. So we're going to talk a whole lot about uh, this morning's message is called The Purpose of of prosperity, the purpose of, of prosperity. And the reason why we want to talk about purpose at the beginning is because if you and I don't understand the purpose of something, we'll never understand its design or its meaning. In fact, money has a purpose. And some people will look at money and they'll say, well, money is evil. That's not what Scripture teaches us. Scripture says it's the love of money that's evil. So if money has a purpose and it's not evil, I think if you and I can figure out what God's plan for increase is for your life and my life, then we're going to experience some blessing in the process. So go ahead and turn to your neighbor, take a deep breath and say amen. Good. I'm going to need your help preaching because here's what happens. Sometimes when you teach on money, people get a little, they get a little, yeah. I don't know how to describe what that is. They just get a little bit uptight. They get, oh no, pastor, talk but you, you, know, you know why, though, right? It's because nobody likes when you touch an idol. Because no, nobody likes when you, when you touch something that, that we hold so dear. And the reason why we're talking about money is because over 800 times in Scripture, money is talked about. You want to talk about money and possessions, it's over 2,000 times. And Jesus talks more about money than he does heaven and hell combined because he knows what fights for the attention and affection of our heart. 
And so we're not going to shy away from it. We're going to lean into it. If you have a Bible, 2 Corinthians chapter 9 this morning, uh, Paul is talking to the church in Corinth, and he's talking to some people who have been incredibly blessed uh, generously. They've been enriched in so many ways. The problem is just because you have more doesn't mean you're more generous. In fact, according to a lot of statistics, the more you have, the less you actually give. 2 Corinthians chapter 9 verse 11, Paul says this to them. Now he's talking to the church. So let me just give a clarification really quick. If you're a fo- if you're not a follower of Jesus today, I want you to get a good perspective of what God expects from his children who call on his name because the God's ultimate purpose and plan for your life is that you would know him. And then after you know him, there's things that come with that. So he's talking to the church. This is a letter to the church of Corinth. And he says this, you will be enriched in every way. Now, you thought I was going to read the whole verse, but I'm going to stop right there. I'm going to teach this little part. I I read the word enriched, and I started looking at it. And when it says you will be enriched in every way, the, the Webster's definition means to be supplied with. So there's a supplier We know him as God. So foundationally, God is the supplier of everything that you and I have been given, will be given. And and for some of us, we go, yeah, but I work a job. That's the vessel. That's the funnel. God's the provider. He's the supplier. The reason why you have the job you have and the life you have currently is because God has supplied it. He's the supplier. But Paul says you will be enriched in every way. And so for a second, this is not just a financial message. The enriching of your life, the blessing, the prosperity that God wants to do is physical prosperity. Like six-pack in Jesus' name. Come on, God. Now, some of us are waiting until we get to heaven to get our new body, but you don't have to. God wants to enrich you physically. He wants to enrich you emotionally. Could you imagine what your life would look like if you were actually healthy emotionally? Where, where every social media post or every hard conversation you had with somebody else didn't ruin your life? See, <laughs> yeah. God wants you enriched emotionally. God wants you enriched mentally. For some of you, you're so crippled by depression and anxiety that you can barely move, and there's a different way to live. God wants to enrich you spiritually, to plant you in a house, to, to grow you up in your faith, and God wants to enrich you financially. So the first point that I have for you this morning is that God wants to bless me financially. God wants to bless me Financially. So that verse says this, so you will be enriched in every way so that you can be generous on every occasion and through us your generosity will result in thanksgiving to God. God wants to bless you financially. Now the reason why I started there is because a lot of us don't actually believe it. A lot of people are like, yeah, well God's blessing financially is just for those people and it's a, a lot of the reason why we're stuck in the current situation we are with money is because of the way we think about money. So Proverbs says, as a man thinks, so he is. So, so let, me, let me just throw a few things out there, that common things that we think. I'll always live paycheck to paycheck. And do you know if that's the way you think about your finances, you will, for the rest of your life, live paycheck to paycheck. I will never have enough. 
then for the rest of your life, you will be in the consistent habit of looking at everything you've been blessed with, given, and entrusted with, and you'll simply step back and say, I will never have enough, all because of the way you think about money. For some of us, we think that people who are wealthy got that way by dishonest means. So we really, we really want to be wealthy. We want to be blessed. We just think that people who are currently blessed got it in some dishonest way. But that wouldn't be us. And others of us think that God really can't provide for our needs, or we, we think that God doesn't care. He's got enough to worry about to not think about our finances. The way you think about your money really does matter. And foundationally, we have to come to the understanding that God wants to bless you. And there's so many ways he wants to bless you, but one of those ways he wants to enrich you is in the area of your finances. So there's two forms of thought typically when we get into the church and we start talking about prosperity. One side of it is this thing called the prosperity gospel. Now for some of you, the next couple of minutes you're going to be like, why is he talking about this? I'm going to talk to the church folks for a second who, who need more Jesus and less religion. So, so there's one side, I'm just saying. So prosperity gospel says this, that God's desire is for you to be healthy, wealthy, and blessed so that you can live your best life here on earth. And when we look at Scripture, that ain't it. It doesn't line up. That's not what we see. The other side of that coin is this thing called the poverty gospel, where they take the story that Jesus uh, tells in Mark chapter 10 of the rich young ruler, and, and uh, Jesus is having a conversation with a guy who is wealthy and well-off, and, and the guy says, well, you know, I've done everything I need to do to get into heaven. And Jesus says, well, there's one thing you haven't done. Go and sell all your possessions to the poor, and then come follow me. And, and when he says that, the, the man leaves sad, for he loved his possessions. And the disciples are talking to Jesus, and Jesus says this statement. He, he says, it's more difficult for a rich man to enter into the kingdom of heaven than it is for the cam a camel to pass through the eye of a needle. Like, That's a tough teaching, Jesus. <laughs> and so what people have done is they've taken that story, and they've gone, well, well, there's the, the prosperity gospel, which is God just wants me to be blessed so that I can have an incredible life now. And then there's the poverty gospel, which says, hey, if, if I sell everything, then God will actually approve of me. And if I don't have any possessions and I don't have any stuff, then I'm in God's grace and God's favor and I can actually follow him. And neither one are actually accurate. Biblical prosperity. If you want to look at scripture, the second point for you is this. God wants to bless you so that you are a blessing to others. If you want to look at, at what biblical prosperity looks like, and you want to have a good understanding of money, you want to understand why God wants to give you more money, it's so that you can be more blessed and be more of a blessing to others. That doesn't go with what, yeah, I was just trying to hit it didn't work, but I'm telling you, God wants to bless you so that you can be a blessing to others. And in order for you to be a blessing to others, some of you need more money than you currently have now. Like, what if your life was structured and set up in a way where you didn't have to check your bank account for whether or not you could meet a need? But a need was presented and you said, absolutely, God has blessed me so much, I can write that check. I can take care of it. God wants to bless you and I. Look at what it says. We'll go back to that 2 Corinthians verse. It says this. You will be enriched in every way so that, turn to somebody and say, so that. 
So God will enrich you. He will bless you financially so that you can be generous on every occasion. Doesn't say God will bless you so that you can be generous when it comes offering time at the church. It doesn't say that God will bless you so that you can be generous and just leave a good tip when you go out to a restaurant. Which, by the way, if you're a Christian and you don't tip, you deserve to be throat punched. Right? <laughs> like, Christian, come on, followers of Jesus. Do, do you know there's so many waitresses that don't want, waiters and waitresses that don't want to come to church on Sunday because they deal with church people on Sunday? And they're some of the meanest and nastiest people. It's so funny that people can sit in church and say amen when they talk about a God who gives them something they don't deserve and then they have bad service at a restaurant and they throw a fit. Get over it. What they do, delay you five minutes from leaving? No, you tip 15, 20% standard minimum, not based on how well they do. They're not performing for you. You're called to have a position of generosity regardless. You will be enriched in every way so that you can be generous on every occasion. Nobody ever taught me the, the purpose of generosity. Nobody taught me the, the purpose of being prosperous. I thought that I was just going to work hard and do good and I was going to get more wealthy so that I could have a nicer car and so that I could get a better house and and I'm not saying those are wrong. Like, I, I, look, here's the thing. If God's blessed you, you ought to drive a nice car. But don't forget that you've been blessed for a reason. You've been blessed to be a blessing. And if there's something that you have in your life or something that you're looking to do in the future that you're going to do that keeps you from being a blessing to other people, it's not the right move. Like if you're going to take a big next step and you're going to buy that nice car, but, but you taking on a $500 car payment means you, you have to quit sponsoring a kid overseas, it's not worth it. Like you and I are enriched in every way so that we can be generous in every occasion. Now maybe you're, you're not there yet. I believe that God wants to... So, so let me read you another verse. I, I'm all over the place. Uh, Psalm 67, let's go there. Let's go there. Psalm 67, 1 and 2. It says this, May God be gracious to us and bless us and make his face shine on us so that your ways may be known on the earth and your salvation among the nations. I, I love this verse because if you were going to put just the purpose of blessing, the purpose of prosperity into two verses, this would be it. So watch the flow of this. May God's grace be on us, right, because we need it. How many of y'all need God's grace? We need God's grace on us, and may he bless us, let his face shine on us so that, there's it again, your ways, whose ways, it's not mine, it's God's ways, can be known on the earth. Why how? How are his ways made known to the earth? Because your face begins to look like his face. His, you ever been sunburnt before? Come on, like three quarters of this room, y'all pasty, okay? And I can say it because I am, right? 
If I hang out in the sun for too long, I get burnt. Why? Because I look like the sun that I've just sat under. Y'all ain't got it yet. <laughs> you ain't got it. Because if you were saved, you'd amen by now. Some of y'all, look, look, look. If you get in the habit of sitting in, in the presence of God, you're going to begin to look not like the son, but the son. His name is Jesus, and then you get to carry that to the rest of the world. Don't make a t-shirt that says sunburnt with an O. <laughs> Don't do it. Look, may his face shine on us so that his ways will be made known around the earth. So that his salvation will be carried among the nations. The purpose of your prosperity is to be the hands and feet of Jesus around the world. So that more people can know him. The purpose of your prosperity is to give yourself the ability to, to allow God to bless you. And then create the space for you to make his name known in every opportunity and on every occasion that you have. And so uh, just an example of that, I believe that God's called us as a church to meet needs in the community. We're not just a church in the community, we're a church for the community. And one of the needs that was presented to us was that, that there's kids who go to school every day and get turned down for lunch because of school lunch debt. And so thanks to your generosity, we paid for the elementary school and the high school. Uh, their whole school lunch debt is paid off, and the middle school is going to get paid off next week. Because we saw a need. And we didn't, we didn't come to you and go, well, you know, church, we kinda, you know, let's take up an offering and see what we can do. No, we structure our finances in a way to where when there's a need, we just step into it. And we believe that God wants you in that same position so that you can be blessed to be a blessing so that you understand the purpose of your prosperity. I think some of us, though, in the area of our finances, um, we are a lot like a rock. I'm a visual guy. I like, I like visual illustrations. So, so for example, for a moment, this is going to be uh, the blessing of God, right? This, God's pouring out his blessing on your finances. Now, for some of us, we look, we're, we're a lot like a rock because we're just sitting there. We're not really doing nothing with it. We're not really, we're just kind of taking up some space and God's pouring out blessing, but we are just sitting in it. You know, a rock doesn't really do anything but just lay around. I spill water everywhere. So you got a rock, and, and no matter how many times I, I can look at this rock, I can pray for the rock, but the, the rock ain't soaking up no water. It's not really doing anything. It's just kind of sitting in the blessing that it's received. But a sponge is different. Now, a sponge is able to soak up what it's been given. And the reason why a sponge is so much different is because a sponge can not only soak up, but a sponge can transport what it's been given into another container. And I think sometimes what we do is we live our lives a lot like a rock in our finances, and we're just sitting, we're just waiting for retirement. We're just waiting. Oh, oh, the stock market went up. Oh, the stock market went down. You know, right? Like, because that's how markets work. And so, and we just soak it up. And then we, but a sponge is like, hey, I know that I've been given so much. I know that I've been blessed. And because of that, I want to carry it to the world. And what we don't realize in the moment, sometimes we think 
that if we just continue to pour out, what's going to happen to us? But what we forget is that because we're giving away what God has given us, God continues to pour out and pour out and pour out. And the more you give, the more you actually end up receiving. This is how the kingdom of God works in the area of finances. Scripture is clear. It's better to give than receive. But what we don't realize sometimes is that people and people who do this realize it, that if you would focus on giving, you'd end up receiving. If you'd focus on being a blessing to others rather than just uh, living paycheck to paycheck, you'd begin to experience God's blessing and favor, not because you were taking up space, but because you were pouring out what he's already entrusted you with. Every single one of us as followers of Jesus have a responsibility to give away what we've been entrusted with. This is what it says. Let me take you to Luke chapter 13. No, chapter 12. It says this. And he told them this parable. The ground of a certain rich man yielded an abundant harvest. He thought to himself, well, what do I do? I have no place to store my crops. And then he said, this is what I'll do. I'll tear down my barns and I'll build bigger ones and there will be a store. Uh, I will store my surplus grain. And then I'll say to myself, man, you had plenty of grain laid up for many years. Take life easy, eat, drink, and be merry. But God said to him, you fool, this very night your life will be demanded from you. Then who will get what you've prepared for yourself? And this is how it will be with whoever stores up things for themselves but is not rich towards God. When we read that parable, a lot of us go, story, right? That's not me. The problem is, this is typically how we live our life. We work that nine to five job and we work for retirement so that we have enough laid up so that we can just kick our feet back. But the truth is, life is not promised to any of us. The whole purpose of this parable was not that, that God had an issue with how he spent his money it was an issue of who he spent his money for. It says, this is how it'll be for whoever stores up things for themselves, but is not rich towards God. If we're going to understand increase, if we're going to understand the purpose of prosperity, we have to realize that any surplus we have was given to us by God for the purpose of being a blessing to other people. It was given to us and God has entrusted us with it because his goal and his desire is that you and I would give away what we've been given. That we wouldn't just simply store up and build bigger barns or build our own castles or empires, but that we would focus on building his kingdom so that his name could be made known around the entire world. There are people all around the world that don't know Jesus. And until every single person knows Jesus, there's a need for God's church to raise up and do something about it. Here's what I also believe, and I could, I'll send you some numbers in an email sometime. That's the, the, I don't have them on me. But there's, if everybody in the church, I, I shared this in a giving message a few years ago, um, according to Barna, if every follower of Jesus actually gave 10%, it would take 35 days to end world hunger financially. The average Christian follower of Jesus gives 2%. Most people don't give anything. And I don't think you don't give because you don't want to. I think you don't give because you don't know how to. 
and you don't know how to use what God's actually given you currently. And so we think it won't work. But God has blessed you financially to be a blessing to others. And one of the things that we talk about here at Propel a lot is this word legacy. Because we're not just doing this for us. Everything we do as a church is not just for us. It's for the generations that are to come. And Tori and I don't have kids yet, but the way we're structuring the church and the things we're doing here, I want my kids to have a church that doesn't have to be endured when it can be enjoyed. I want my church, my, my kids to have a place. And I want their kids to have a place. We're, we're not just trying to build a big church. We're trying to build a generational church that our kids and their kids and their kids' kids can be a part of because God has called us to leave a legacy. So the third thing, the purpose of your prosperity is that God wants to bless me so that my kids and their kids are blessed. One of the benefits of biblical prosperity is generational blessing. So this is what it says in Genesis chapter 12, verse 1 through 4. The Lord had said to Abram, go from your country, your people, and your father's household to the land that I will show you. I will make you into a great nation, and I will bless you. I will make your name great, and you will be a blessing. So, so, so go back to that verse real quick. L look at how that's structured. I will bless you. I will make your name great, and you will be a blessing. The way God works, the way he's worked from Genesis is that he blesses people so that they are a blessing to others. He did it with Abram. He does it with you and I still today. The reason why God wants to bless you financially is so that you will be a blessing to others. Now, some of us are asking for God to bless us, and we're not currently a blessing to others. This is how we think about money sometimes. Well, if, if I just receive more, then I'll give more. That's not how it works. That's like me saying, I'll stop eating Krispy Kreme when I lose 10 pounds. You say, Pastor, that's not how it works with, with fitness. That's not how it works with finances either. What we do with what we've been given right now determines what we receive down the road. It, it, all throughout Scripture, what you see is this concept of, of planting and sowing. And many of us want great trees down the road. We want to see a big harvest, but we're not planting anything right now. So what you do today in your finances determines what you're going to benefit from years from now and what your kids are going to benefit and their kids are going to benefit. So the Lord said to Abram, hey, go from your countryside. We'll go all the way down. And he says, I'll bless you and you will be a blessing. I will bless those who bless you and curse those who curse you. And all the people of the earth will be blessed through you. That's God's plan for prosperity in your life. Is to put you in a position where you understand that he has blessed you so that you can be a blessing to others. And that the world would be blessed through you. That's big vision for your life. But it's God's vision for your life. I also think it's interesting that he says, 
I'll make your name great and I'll bless those who bless you and curse those who curse you. Because I think a lot of times you and I spend our life trying to build a career so that we can make our own name great. And God says, if you'll just, I'll, I'll handle it if you let me worry about it. Then it says, verse four, so Abram went as the Lord had told him and Lot went with him. Abram was 75 years old when he set out for from Haran. Two things there. One, Hebrews teaches you and I that we are descendants of Abraham, that we are blessed because of that. But the reason why we're blessed is because of his decision to follow in obedience and come into alignment with God's will for his life in Genesis 12. You and I would not be descendants of Abraham. Abraham wouldn't have been blessed and he wouldn't have been a blessing to anybody had he not gone and done what the Lord had told him that day. Coming into alignment with God's will for your life is the way to secure blessing because it's obedience that comes before blessing. And as you and I obey God and we trust God, blessing naturally comes from it. The blessing that you and I desire in our life will only happen when we come into alignment with God's plan and his purpose for us. Now, financially, that's important. And we'll, we'll talk about some of that, like God's plan for you financially in, in other weeks. Uh, but God has a plan for your life as well. We say here, we want you to know God, find freedom, discover purpose, and make a difference. And if you come into alignment with God's plan for your life, you're going to experience blessing like never before. And the other thing that's interesting about this verse is it lets you and I know that Abram was 75 when he started this journey. So I do uh, life coaching with a lot of people. We talk about finances quite a bit. And one of the things that um, I've learned is people are very, very set in their ways with the way they handle money. Right? They've done it for so long. They've done it for a long period of time. This is the way it's always been. Abraham had to start, Abram had to start something new at 75 to experience all that God had for him. And I think for some of us, we may have had skewed thoughts about our money. We may have thought differently about God's ability to bless us or the way we look at finances. But today, you can shift. Today, things can change. You are never too old or too far gone for the goodness and grace of God. So today, for just a moment, with every head bowed, every eye closed, I believe that there are some of us who in this room need to make a decision for Jesus. We, we have been thinking about, we've been kind of feeling God pulling us and drawing us towards him, but today's the day where we take that next step. We say, you know what, Lord, I'm going to surrender my life to you. If Jesus is not currently the one in control of your life, but you want him to be, with every head bowed, every eye closed, would you just lift your hand for a moment and say, hey, pastor, that's me. I want to give my life to Jesus. Come on, church, here's what we're going to do. Nobody prays alone. We all pray together. Say this with me. Dear Jesus, today I give you my life. I place my hope and trust in you. Thank you for dying in my place so that I could have new life. In Jesus' name, amen.